0: We are excited to be joined by head coach Gabe Baker of Clear Creek Amana in Tiffin, Iowa today on our episode of Life Leadership and the Pursuit of Greatness. Coach Baker has quite a story to tell about accountability and passion and his love for the game that was built through working with mentors such as Dan McCarney and Tom Wilson. He's got a great story and big things are coming down at Clear Creek Amana. We've got a lot to learn, so here we go. All right, welcome to another episode of Life, Leadership, and the Pursuit of Greatness. I'm your host, Tim Lovell, along with Dwayne Mathis. We are excited to have the head coach of Clear Creek Amana, Gabe Baker, with us today. Uh, He's got a lot to talk about. We've We've got a lot of things we want to cover with him today, but first, Coach Mathis, how are you today?
1: Outstanding. Couldn't be any better. Loving it. Beautiful weather down here in God's country. So, uh, you know, we uh, can't complain.
0: Yeah, it's a little overcast here in Marion, but uh, that's okay. We'll take it. And and our distinguished guest, Coach Baker, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. Uh, glad, glad to be here, guys.
0: Well, thanks for taking the time. Uh, Coach, I know you've talked about uh, your story with me personally and Coach Mathis, but uh, I'd love for you to kind of give the background to our listeners about how you got to Clear Creek Amana and the story that that you have.
2: Yeah, you bet. Uh, I, I'm going to start back in high school. I grew up in a small town, uh, Dyke, Iowa. My dad was a farmer. My mom was a teacher. Um, my mom was well, was the educator in the family, and, and that's kind of where I got my my passion for being a teacher and a coach uh, when I was young. Uh, she was a volleyball coach there at Dyke and then Dyke New Hartford. I uh, had, had a lot of success there. Uh, in fact, won seven state titles and had over 900 wins. So I, I saw what what kind of impact you could have on young athletes. Uh, at an early age, uh, I, I really enjoyed that uh, but but my passion for coaching and teaching really came uh, when Tom Wilson, one of your guests uh, previously on this show, uh, came to Dougna Hartford as my sophomore year and and he kind of instilled a passion of football and, and character into our kids uh, from the first day he stepped in that weight room in the summertime until the day I graduated he was a he was a father figure. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. Uh, I was a quarterback for him and uh, le- learned a lot from him. Uh, he's still a mentor of mine to this day. Uh, we talk uh, probably once a month and, and go from there. So so I was lucky enough to play for him, and we had some s- success in high school. Uh, I never wanted to be anything other than a high school football coach and, and a math teacher, to be honest. Uh, I had the opportunity to go play college football at all different levels. Uh, I took a chance to, to be a walk-on at Iowa State, um, probably more so that I wanted to give it a shot, and I knew I wanted to be a coach, so I wanted to go try to learn at the highest level that I could. Uh, after after my career there, I spent five years at Iowa State. Uh, I was lucky enough to student teach at Valley High School in West Des Moines. Uh, during that time, I I student taught. I, I coached track. I got a, a jumps coaching job from the track coach, who's also the offensive line coach. Um, so then that kind of got into – I got a teaching job for the next year. And and I was lucky enough to volunteer with Coach Swenson on the high school staff as a running back coach. Uh, I had never coached running backs before, uh, but he we sat down, had, had a meeting, uh, went over the offense, drills, and he said, they're going to be your boys, and, and I trust you with them. So I learned at an at a early coaching age that uh, as a head coach, even a guy that's had a lot of, a lot of success, uh, put a lot of ownership and, and trust in his coaches, and, and that that worked out well. Um, I was there seven years. I I bounced around from the varsity staff to the freshman staff, uh, and helped out with a lot of the JV guys. Uh, and and I took a chance of being a head head football coach in Pleasantville. Uh, I loved Valley, uh, but they had a staff in tech that was going to be there for a long time. So, so I took a leap of faith with my family. We had two kids at the time. Uh, we moved to Pleasantville in 2012. And, and the first thing I noticed is nothing is ever what it seems to be, uh, when you get there, you know, in the interview process and everything, you thought you knew one thing, and once you actually get your feet wet, uh, it was something almost completely different. Not that it was bad, uh, but you kind of had to change your change your views on things a little bit, and I, we could probably talk about that later. But uh, we, we ended up spending five years at Pleasantville. Uh, started off uh, not too easy, you know. We went from Valley, where we won three state titles when I was an assistant in those seven years, to uh, my first six games at Pleasantville. We were zero and six, and Lost number six, seventy to seven, um, but but we ended up winning the last three. Had a low momentum, and year two went four and five. Year three went five and five, and made the playoffs, and the last two years were nine and two and eight and two, and had some real good success uh, in a small town. Uh, a- after uh, finishing that fifth year, uh, we were really going to have a strong group of seniors coming back. I was really close to that group of juniors. Uh, I was actually growing stakes in my front yard uh, when my kids were playing in the front and got, got a call from somebody from CCA and just kind of put this job on my radar. Uh, we ended up uh, interviewing and going from there and everything aligned where we took, took a jump coming to Eastern Iowa, moving our family. Uh, we had four kids at a time and that's never easy. Uh, so, so it was kind of tough, uh, but we've been here three years. We love the area, love the community, um, love what we got going on. And, and, and it's been a good fit uh, ever since. So that's kind of my story here. I got to CCA, took five minutes, but I want to give everybody a a look at what we've
1: done. That's a great story, Coach. You know, I think one of the things that I was really curious to understand and more about you is you've had kind of the, you know, a unique perspective, very much like uh, Tom Wilson, where you were at, uh, you know, a school of every size along the way, you know, to your journey to uh, CCA. And can you talk about some of the differences that you encountered? I understand that when you're at Valley, you were you were one of the grunts, you were an assistant, you weren't in the role that you were at Pleasantville and and CCA, but uh, just some of the differences from the bigger schools to a smaller school like Pleasantville, and then obviously back up to one of the larger, a larger school, certainly not a 4A school like uh, West Moyne Valley, but, you know, CCA is certainly a growing growing district and, you know, a 3A program. So I was just very curious to to know your perspectives from each of those stops, if you'd be willing to share those with us.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I've said it before. Uh, I love my time at Valley and learned a lot there from a great coach. Um, what, what I really noticed about uh, the coaching staff and everything at Valley was the continuity. Uh, the staff that was there had been there for 15 years, all, all the major pieces. Uh, All of the varsity assistant coaches and even most of the JV assistant coaches were head coaches of another sport at the school. Uh, So it kind of had had a buy in in the whole community and the whole school system that, hey, our football team is going to do well. But also all of our other sports are going to do well because we're all in this thing together. Uh, What I noticed there is that not that there wasn't team building and building relationships, but it was really a business. Um, Practice was business like. You went in, got your work done, and you got out. Um, and, and I think all the coaches did that. I think the assistant coaches built great relationships with their individual groups uh, in the hallways, uh, in school. But football was a business, and kids got better for it, and, and, and it was a good deal. Uh, when I got to Pleasantville, I, I tried to go in there and kind of do the same thing. Uh, really focused on, focused on the X's and O's, uh, what I wanted to do. Because when I was at Valley, I I knew I wanted to be a head coach. So I started a book my first year and just started adding to it. You know, this is what I want to do, want to do. And and all of it was around X's and O's and practice plans and those things. The one thing that I forgot about was the relationship piece. And that took me probably midway through that first year to realize it really doesn't matter. X's and O's what we're going to do. I got to do a better job of connecting with our players and and being being there for them. Uh, And that was a little... That was really brought to attention by going 0-6, like I said. And in between that first and second year at Pleasantville, that was a big piece for me was just to start building those relationships a little bit more in, in the building with those with those seniors, with those juniors uh, that were going to be coming the next year. Um, you really have to hitch your wagons to that first freshman class, in my opinion. Uh, when I got to Pleasantville, there was a good class of freshmen, and, and we kept them together for that first year, and even as sophomores, some of them had to play for us, we still played some of those kids in a couple JV games just to keep that class together. Uh, We knew they were going to be good, but that first group of freshmen that you encounter, they're going to be your boys. You're going to have four years with them, so there might be some struggles uh, as you get up to that point, but you have to build it like a four-year plan, in my opinion. That's kind of what we did at Pleasantville. Um, Coming into CCA with it being a little bit bigger school, uh, I've treated almost exactly like we ended at Pleasantville, you know, try to get the staff exactly where you want to be building relationships. You got to be visible everywhere in, in the school, at every activity, out in the community, um, do everything you can. So those kids see you, that you care about them, their family see you and, and all the other coaches know that we're in this thing together.
0: That That is a really great testimony uh, to you and, and you know, knowing a few of your staff members and coach Ron Felt, uh, who I played college ball with, uh, they speak to your truth on that. And I, I think that's awesome. So you you talk about getting engaged and staying engaged uh, right now with this coronavirus. can Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing or, you know, how you're doing with keeping your staff and your players engaged? I know it's a difficult time, so there's no right answer, but just curious, you know, what you're doing, coach.
2: Well, I think you're trying to trap me. You know, we just got that message from the association. We're not supposed to be doing anything football. No, now. no, no. That's not what um,
0: I'm talking uh, about. That's not what I'm talking no, about. No, you know, it, it's <laughs> really,
2: uh, we haven't done anything too crazy. Um, what, a, you know, the remind system. I, I message the football players almost every day. Not so much of, hey, you got to be doing this for football, but more of, hey, hope everybody's doing well. Get outside in the sunshine. Get your schoolwork done. If you need anything, you know where to reach me. Um, that's the biggest thing. Uh, I do have some kids that are working out those me videos. I'll give them feedback. Um, before this started, we had done a couple senior leadership meetings. Uh, really try to focus on our seniors, and um, we we're actually going to get together for some of those leadership meetings via Zoom here in the next couple weeks and uh, try to stay connected that way. But the biggest thing is I just try to reach them every day. Uh, I've sent out individual message to every kid in our high school program once a week and. And we're trying to keep that going just to stay connected.
0: I think that's That's good.
1: Yeah, that's really good, Coach. I I think that's, you know, uh, kind of the balance of doing the Zoom meetings. And, you know, I've seen, you know, prior to obviously Mr. Tharp's email from the association, you saw teams even doing like, body weight zoom workouts together, you know, these people, and not necessarily from our state, you just saw it, you would see it on social media and stuff like that, where coaches are trying to, to keep their kids engaged. So, you know, kudos to you and you guys and your staff for, for doing what you guys are doing there. But um, another thing, that's obviously something that we've got into with our, our numerous coaches that we've had on here and love to hear your, your thoughts on this is what are your non-negotiables for your program that you have? where your accountability piece with your kids that, you know, they know that these standards have to be met if they want to be, you know, a clipper for you and be in, in your football program.
2: Well, it's kind of a, a twofold deal. When When we first started this thing at CCA three years ago, um, we, we kind of had the mantra of uh, tempo, toughness, discipline, and details. And that kind of drove everything that we did. Uh, one thing that I've done um, – At both places and I kind of stole it from coach Wilson. Uh, we don't do it exactly the same, uh, but we do kind of have a point system, to keep kids accountable. Um, and, and we tie it into lettering, uh, where we, I keep track of every sport that they're in, every activity they're in, every time they're in the weight room, uh, grades for each semester, volunteer activities. And in order to have a chance to letter, you have to meet a certain amount of points that we set as a program. Um, to be honest, in both places, Pleasantville and CCA, uh, the ADs were very um, – the, they they liked the idea, and they supported me. Uh, some places, I don't know if that always go because we changed how lettering occurred. I, I told them I don't care if it's uh, how many quarters a kid plays. Uh, if they meet the points and they contribute on Friday nights, I'm going to give them a letter. Uh, but I also have done – in the past, my first year at Pleasantville, we had an all-district kid that didn't lift a weight the entire summer. Uh, I put him up for all district. We had told them the expectations at the beginning of the year for letter, and he did not get a letter that first year. Um, that happened at CCA as well. It wasn't all district kid, but a starter, and he didn't get a letter. And to be honest, ever since those first two things happened early on, I, it really hasn't been an issue with the kids that want to be there and contribute and be participants They're They're at everything. They're doing their stuff in the classroom, and, and they're getting the job done in the waiting room.
1: Coach, can I I follow up on something with you? There is when you talk about you know you had a a kid that you didn't put up for a a letter, but he was an all district player. What if you had a a situation where you had a kid, obviously you know very good kid, uh, athletic, uh, speaking, but maybe necessarily was um, not doing the things that you wanted to do in your program. You know to promote uh, the things that your 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 standards, your non negotiables, but uh, certainly just gifted athletically you know would you do you have a rule where you, as a staff you talk about okay well maybe since he's not doing this this and this in our program and maybe not necessarily breaking any code of conduct rules or anything like that would you maybe not necessarily put them up for an, an all-district consideration yeah I would I mean because I, I do feel
2: all-district players or anything like that um, should go to the best players but also they in my opinion you got to be good kids and and if you want your other kids, younger, younger players, your juniors, your sophomores, and freshmen to see that, uh, you want that good example set in front. So it's kind of making your bed uh, whether you do it or you don't.
1: Uh, so it's kind of just what kind of program you want to have in those regards. I absolutely agree. I, I, I've had situations happen uh, like that, and, and and my rule is kind of, you know, what you accept in your program, it, it breeds inside of it, and that's going to essentially turn into your culture. So if you reward that type of behavior by giving someone, you know, an all-district, even though they may be gifted, gifted athletically and just, you know, by natural talent, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I think it's a fine line there, you know, so kudos to you, Coach.
0: Yeah, I think that's phenomenal. And 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 quite honestly, would you agree that that's probably one of the more difficult aspects of the job?
2: Oh, very much so. Um, because we're there for the kids, and, and we know as coaches and coming up the way we have, we know how important the game of football is, not only in high school, but in the whole – these kids' entire life. Um, so we have to teach them lessons, sometimes hard lessons that aren't easy for us, uh, but in the end game are going to be good for them.
0: So t- translating this uh, back to you a little bit, what what are some of the most important lessons you feel you've learned as a head coach? I know that's a broad question, but, um, you know, there's probably some things that you you've learned, like this is something I've got to do or not not do.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think the, the first thing and I, I've been going through a master's leadership program right now, and I, I think we've said it before, but just the relationship piece. You have to build meaningful relationships with your staff right away and and with the kids right away. And then all the families in the community. You have to do that right away. Uh, You also have to have a plan in place for your program and stick to it. Um, That doesn't have to be X's and O's, but that has to be like we've talked about your non-negotiables, the things that we're going to do on a daily basis uh, to be what a Clipper is. You know, this year this year um, we're going to talk about for the brand. Is kind of our saying. We don't. I don't like a whole lot of quotes and things, uh, but in my opinion, CCA doesn't have a a true. Hey, this is who we are. So we're going to be everything we do is for the brand, for the school, uh, for the community, for the kids around us, and for yourself and the name on your back, your family. Um, So that's going to be kind of our mantra from here on out, uh, for here until the end of my time at CCA. It's going to be for the brand, um, because that needs to be who we are, and that can't change. Uh, I also think. One of the biggest things I learned the past couple of years is self-reflection. Um, when things don't go exactly the way you think, I think you have to first look inside yourself and see what has changed with you before you do anything else with your coaching staff or your players. Um, and I don't think I've always done that. Uh, so I think as I've gotten older, and maybe it's because I'm a dad of four and I have to do it at home, uh, but self-reflection is a big thing that I wouldn't have done as a young coach.
0: And and that's a hard thing to do sometimes because it's hard to look yourself in the mirror sometimes and really be truly honest with you. And that's where sometimes having a, a coach that you've been around for a while can give you some of that criticism. Um, criticism, maybe not or just the feedback, you know, and be, I think the fact that you'd be willing to listen to that speaks volumes. You know, you talk about kind of rebranding yourself. We're doing that this year. We're uh, I've met with a bunch of seniors and we're going to the acronym FREAK. Uh, it's a different different take on it, but you know, finish on empty, relentless effort, embrace competition, always accountable, and known for discipline. So it's you know kind of the core values that I think you took a picture of a few years ago. You know, we had the covenants, but it our players felt like that kind of got stale, and they wanted to revamp it and revise it. And so, uh, I've had the opportunity to speak with um, eight guys who were voted to be our summer captains about what that would look like in each category at home, at you know, at the school, at the field, in the classroom. Uh, and that was really, really exciting for me. It kind of puts a refresh on, on, on the brand, particularly after the year, the year that we had this last year, where I did have to do a lot of self-reflection uh, with the staff as well um, and some had had to have some hard conversations. Um, but it's been really good. Uh, but it wasn't fun going through it. I can tell you that.
2: You, you know, I'm going to add in there. You talked about your seniors and and I've always been a huge proponent in that every team is as good as their seniors. Mm -hmm. So you have to give your seniors ownership in that program, Uh, whether that's them coming up with your principles or them coming up with something, you have to give them the ownership. If you want to get to your highest level, in my opinion, Um, it it gets to the point where when I was at Pleasantville with those kids that I knew for those four years, it gets to be a tight situation. And in our linebacker fullback would come over and I'd be like, Hey, what do you want to run? He said, we're running this and we're going to get it. And I think that's what you have to get out of those kids is that you're going to listen to them and they're going to have that trust with you. And then you can trust them
1: it, it just takes time. For sure. So coach, what would you say, you know, you some of your biggest surprises have been from being an assistant to a head coach, like someone like maybe you didn't necessarily, you know, when you first got to Pleasantville, you know, you, you had no idea this was going to be happening or these were the, conversations that you'd have to be having you know from your your kind of look as an assistant as what you thought you know coach swenson's job was at valley so just curious to to hear some of those if you have a story or whatever you want to share even better
2: well uh, off the top of my head you know the the biggest thing is you you can hear it all you want but it's the amount of time that you spend doing non-football related things uh whether that's just emails phone calls um Other teachers are asking about kids. I I don't know how it is uh, for you guys, but I know in both the the schools, if something happens with a football player, they're going to come to me first and say, one of your football players did this, take care of it before they go to anybody else, which is fine, um, but you you got to take care of it, and that's just extra time on your hands. Um, Really, I think uh, some of those extra things, just being out in the public, you know, at Pleasantville, they had a a Pleasantville pig out. uh, in June, and my, my first summer there, I I got to show a hog and have a rib eating contest out by the bank, and there we were having a good time. And um, every community is different, but those extra things I think are fun, but it also uh, takes a toll on you and your family. Uh, as as an assistant at Valley, I coached three sports, uh, and we had two kids, and I gave up one. Um, but being a head coach, I you have to have a supportive wife. And you guys know that, but it, if you don't have the support system at home with all the time and effort we're putting into 100 other kids, it's going to be hard to get that at home if you don't have a wife helping you with with your own kids. So I, I really think the time, um, all the all the extra things you have to do at the school and then your home life are, are big things as a head coach that you don't always understand until you're in it.
0: So, Coach, I guess that just takes us right into where we wanted to go next. We talked a little bit before this, but... You know, everyone talks about, well, you got to have that work-life balance. Everything's got to be perfect. And and you and I both know, uh, along with Coach Mathis, that that's never going to be a perfect situation. Uh, speak to the to the seasons you have as a, as a coach and, and the work-life balance you have to maintain.
2: Well, as we go in season, um, we may be different than some other programs, but we don't do anything on Saturdays. We, we don't bring the kids in. We don't do staff meetings. Um, Saturdays are family days. So, for my family, it just turns into college football. You know, we're watching Iowa or Iowa State or going to a game, and that that's what our family of six does. Uh, but I tell all of our coaches, and and we do it, we dedicate our Saturdays to family. Um, you might watch them film in the morning before they wake up. Um, and, and we don't do staff meetings till Sunday evening when most of our coaches' kids go to bed. Uh, so, it turns into a couple late nights, but we have to have weekends with our families if you're going to survive a season. And when, when we, are out of season, or in season, uh, We, me personally, we try to do as much as we can together. Uh, we have four boys, uh, so we're always playing outside. Uh, we're playing games at home, um, whatever it may be. Uh, my wife and I try to ha- have a date uh, once every couple weeks. We, we have an older son now that's in sixth grade, so we might be able to sneak out for an hour here and there, but it, it's getting better. Um, but but you really have to make time for each other, and that's that's kind of hard when you have football going in your brain, but um, you got to make it work.
0: Yeah, I know that one of the things my, my wife has done a really good job of is uh, prioritizing like a Tuesday night, you know, hour and a half dollar taco night. Let's go to La Cantina and um and, and let's go spend some time together and she'll have to pull me out of the house. And, you know, you got to make time for us. And uh, just like you said, you know, football in the brain can be, you know, got to put the phone away, you know, can't have it up. And I just focus and even just touching base on what the kids are doing. You know, we're, our kids are a little different ages. I got a sophomore in, in college and high school and then a seventh grader. So we can kind of go up and leave, which is great. Uh, but I certainly remember when I was first coach in high school and our young family, and that was challenging. So uh, a, a kudos to your wife. Cause we know that she really is probably the hero at your house. Oh, and, by and, far. She's
2: rock star, rock star for sure. And,
0: and well, we I know think- that Sarah, Sarah's the rock star at your house too, coach Mathis.
1: Well, I will fully admit, and this is, you know, probably the biggest area that I actually personally as a coach struggle with is, uh, you know, I'm sure, um, you know, anyone who listens to this, if they've been a head coach knows that, you know, there really is no off season you know, and I don't know if, if you struggle with this or not, but, you know, it's hard not to, to think about football 24 seven and, and, in the plan of what do we need to get better? Where do we need to improve? Where do we need to, you know, working with our uh, younger kids and making sure that they're getting the attention that they need. And then if you have any of these issues that pop up, like you've talked about, you know, and you have to put out those irons in the fire kind of deal. But uh, you know, I fully admit, and that's something that I continue to, you know, at times not be perfect at, uh, but just that balance of making time, uh, you know, for your family and, and making them feel important. And, uh, you know, so I appreciate hearing some of the things that you're doing because, you know, be honest with you, you know, I, I need to start following your lead a little bit there, coach. Well,
2: to be honest, there's there's times my wife just puts me in in my place. She was her dad was a head football coach for years. Uh, she's the youngest of five daughters. So she gets it. I mean, she lived through it. But if I'm on my phone or something late at night and we're as a family, she'll just look at me and say, Gabe, you got to be present. And, and I'll put it away and and, and she just puts me in play in my place and uh, I love her for it to be honest. Well that's awesome.
0: We are going to take a quick break with uh, Coach Baker and we come back. We have a few more topics we want to get into. Uh, so stay tuned. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're here with Coach Baker at uh, Clear Creek Amanda High School. Coach, you guys have a really unique program that's been put in place um, with regards to leadership that you're doing, um, I was hoping you could spend some time sharing with us how you guys do it, what your thought process on it is, and the, kind of how it's evolved.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, we, we do have a CCA leadership program uh, that's led by one of our assistant coaches, young coach, uh, Jackson Litterer. He, he's a middle school teacher, coaches receivers for us uh, at the high school level. But he, he's done a leadership program ever since he's been here. Um, that's a 7-12 through 12 grade system uh, they meet once a week and they go over some leadership characteristics uh, some speakers they may watch a like a brian kite video or something along those lines uh, but it really gets them involved with what being a leader is um, so if they take that as, as junior high students it it kind of leads them into the high school program uh, two years ago uh, jackson kind of led it and i helped him out with with, with a program where we had community speakers uh, we had nine speakers um, throughout the school year is open to students and the community members Uh, They just talked about different leadership characteristics. Uh, For example, we had, I think three or four different coaches talk. I spoke one month, Uh, but then we had some people from outside the district come in. Uh, For one, one was um, uh, Coach Thomas from AP, Aaron Thomas and and Coach Kearns. Uh, They both came and spoke for us during that time and and it ended up being a really good deal for our community. with that leadership program, we've kind of taken that into our football program. Uh, we don't do a whole lot to just sit down in a classroom, talk about leadership uh, type of deal. Uh, you guys know as teachers, uh, high school boys are kind of hard to reach, just pounding their head, in my opinion, of, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this, leadership-wise. Uh, so so one of the things we do uh, that we kind of got from Jim White, one of our teachers and legendary softball coach at CCA, is we do mental training. At the beginning of every practice. Um, This has replaced our goal setting, uh, but it's also helped out our kids just get their mind right for practice. And and we can also tie in some leadership traits in there without them really knowing what's happening. Uh, Right before Flex every day, every kid lays on the ground. I have a script in my hand and I just take uh, five minutes of just talking. Uh, Some people might say it's mindfulness, but we go over some leadership skills uh, the focus for the day, whatever that may be, and our kids have really bought into it. Um, part of the season last year, I got away from it. You know, we—I—I I, I thought that we need to do more special teams at pre-practice, and and a couple seniors came up to me and said, "Hey, coach, why are we not doing that? I really miss it." And and that was one of those reflective pieces where, "Hey, I'm trying to get ahead of myself here with X's and O's, and we really need to take care of our kids." Um, so I so I think our mental training has been instrumental. Uh, in that regard of getting our kids' minds right, but but also hitting on some of the leadership characteristics you want to see with your kids. One um, well, one thing I really like to do, and our program likes to do, is have a word of the week. And with with a word of the week, um, what we do is every assistant coach has a week where they get to pick a word um, that they want to elaborate on. It may be a a word that has significance to them. Uh, might be a great word for the point we're going to have, but most of the time I tell them it needs to be something tied back into leadership and good characteristics of being a man. Um, so you get introduced to that word on Tuesday nights uh, where you might just have a two minute deal at the end of practice. And on Thursday, you're going to go into a 10 minute uh, talk and bigger discussion at the end of practice of how that word has uh, impacted your life and how it's going to impact the players lives from here on out. Um, I, I really enjoy that because it gives the assistant coaches a voice in front of all hundred of our kids uh, on a weekly basis. They get to know each other on a personal level. Um, but you're also getting across the, the characteristics of what it takes to be a great husband, father, son, and friend uh, without really pounding in their head of, Hey, you got to read this book. You to read this quote, uh, do those things. Um, well, the other thing I really like to do, and uh, I, I do put out there on, on Twitter and social media is, I like to get the the kids out in elementaries and, and be seen because if, if our high school athletes know uh, that little eyes are on them at all times, uh, that, that can impact on what you're going to do out, outside of school and outside the walls uh, of that building. So we get out in the elementaries, greet our elementary students before home games. Uh, we get out and we read to them. Uh, our camps, our kids are coaching the youth camps uh, just to get out in front of them and understand that you were this age at one time and now you're up here, you got to understand that uh, these kids are going to watch every move you make and want to be like you. So that's really been impactful uh, with how our kids have grown as men uh, in our program.
0: Yeah, we do the same thing in our youth camp. I make our seniors uh, run run each drill. You know, we have an offense day and a defense day, and it's the little kids running around, and and they're in their jerseys. And, you know, I think it's really powerful to have, you know, little fourth grader knocked the big lineman over, you know, on a blocking drill, you know, he's going to remember, Hey, I knocked over, you know, Sam Gordon, you know, 6'3", 310 pound kid. And, you know, and then he gets up and is all excited. And I think the biggest piece is the most challenging piece, at least for me is having some of those young men get out of their own way. And and it's, listen, you don't have to be the cool cat. You can get into it and enjoy it because ultimately those kids are going to never forget, Uh, what you've done here for them in, you know, three days, whatever camp that we have. And uh, so that's a, that's a lot of talking points with regards to coaching those guys up. I I loved hearing you do that.
1: We've done some of those, some of those same things uh, with my time at Clark. We, you know, our kids are very involved in um, our youth football program uh, with our flag program where our, our players actually help coach those, those kids during that time. And they actually draft teams in it and, and you'd be surprised we don't have to, uh, you know, scrounge for coaches of, uh, when we ask our players who wants to help out with, you know, the youth football uh, flag program. And, and, you know, we're having to say, OK, we got enough. We got enough, guys. We can we can handle it um, from here because, uh, you know, this the kids really love and they get into it and get fired up when they're coaching those kids. And I'm sure, you know, that's engaging those kids and it's those younger kids. And that's how we felt that we needed to, to build our program. Yeah, I think it's great to get those guys involved. Uh, we, we have a fifth
2: and sixth grade tackle youth football league, and all of our guys work the, work the chain gang. They they work the scoreboard, so they're, they're being seen, and they're being out there with those kids and cheering them on. So it's very impactful, and the high school players are around those youth guys. So great job for you to get them involved, and I think we're all on the same page with this one.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to uh, – well, I, ho- I hope we have football this fall, but one of the things our players wanted to do this year was – uh, do a four-week flag football for first through sixth grade and uh, you know Saturday mornings nine and ten o'clock and to just have them out there coaching and and uh, having fun with those kids you know make it you know first through third grade and then fourth through sixth grade or something like that you know over an hour and uh, so they they're pretty excited about doing that and I think um, I hope we can get to do that because that to me is a great way that we can build back into those kids
2: yeah one one thing I was going to add to kind of our leadership deal uh, that kind of popped into my mind is I know a lot of programs read books, do book studies with seniors or juniors, and I haven't done that yet. You know, I've read a lot of the Joshua Metcalf books and those types of mm-hmm. things, uh, John Gordon. Uh, but what we've done is we just try to tie in some of those principles into our mental training that we do. Um, I, I think it's hard to get 100% of your kids to read a chapter a week on top of their schooling. You're, mm-hmm. of course, going to get the the top quarter of your kids are going to do it, so we just tied into things we're already doing instead of adding more to their plate. So uh, that that's really been good for us um, at CCA.
0: Yeah. We've done that. We did the chop wood carry water a couple summers ago and um, you know, I had captains for the summer that would get together with all their, we break them into what we call family groups. And uh, so they'd spend, you know, 20 minutes going over kind of some pre things that I had printed out for them based on the chapters that we had read. So it kind of gave them a few things to talk about. I, and to your point, uh, it, it's hard to know sometimes what's being reached, you know, because you know some kids are, and some kids just simply aren't doing it. Um, I, I like you I like your thought process there. I think that's really interesting.
1: Coach, what can you talk about you know we had, and uh, as you previously mentioned, we had Tom Wilson head coach at Dowling High School on it. we We haven't you know had any as former players on. So I didn't know if you had any uh, good Tom Wilson stories to kind of share with our audience.
2: Well, you know, I, I've been asked this several times over the years, um, because one one of the interesting things is that when, when I got my job at Valley uh, was the same year that he got his job at Dowling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had given me a call and he said, hey, you should come over and coach with me. Um, and I said, you know, I can't do that. I love you to death, but I'm going to coach at Valley. And it, it was fun to coach against him for those seven years. Uh, it, it really was to be on the other side of the field against him. But, you know, he he he, he was a hard ass at times, but he also loved you. And, and there's the biggest thing that impacted me is when I was a sophomore, you know, I, I wasn't going to be the starting quarterback that next year. I was going to be a JV quarterback. Um, but we spent hours together at night in the parking lot underneath the light just working on footwork. We're an iPro team. So I, I told him, hey, I want to work on stuff, and he lived right by the school. So we'd meet probably once or twice a week, uh, just me and him, and and we did footwork stuff. And and I'll never forget those nights that underneath lights and it was buggy and those things. uh, It it paid off when I was a junior and senior because he gave me a lot of ownership. Uh, He also coached me hard. You know, there was a time we played in the Unidome where I remember seeing his headset fly about 30 yards downfield because I didn't throw the ball where he wanted to. And and I didn't even want to go to the sideline to get the next play uh, because I knew what was going to happen, but... uh, at the end of the day, he was going to put his arm around you, tell you he loved you. And, and he really is a, well, one of those coaches that I talk to, like I said, uh, all the time. He's been instrumental in me and my head coaching career and my entire coaching
1: career. Uh, uh,
0: coach, uh, uh, are there any other memories that stand out to you um, as a head coach that, that just really helps solidify why you do what you do? Um, not necessarily even with wins, but you know what you're talking to about with what Coach Wilson did for you. Are are, are there anything that um, or any memories that are are specifically ingrained in your mind?
2: You know, we we always say we're we're there for the kids, and we want to build great relationships, turn them into um, great young men and fathers, and those types of things. But uh, just recently, I just got an invitation uh, to a player of mine, the the first one of his wedding. Uh, it's the first player that's invited me to their wedding, and, and that really hit me in the fact that. I love this kid when I was coaching at Pleasantville. Uh, he, he's one of the toughest kids I know. Uh, so it really means a lot that I'm going to be at his wedding for that day that um, he feels that I'm that important in, in his life to be there. So that, that really hit me that, yeah, we are in this thing for the right right deal, whether it's, it, it's for them. It's not for wins and losses. It's for these kids and their lives.
0: And yeah, that's great perspective. So moving, moving forward, when you have coaches come up to you and you, you see the experience that you've had and um, what's the advice that you have to a young coach, you know, we're, we're not the young pups we, we used to be. And we uh, obviously you have coaches that you've looked up to and, and have leaned into. Um, but what's some advice that you, you offer to coaches who, who come and ask for it?
2: I think one of the, the first things you have to do is like I said earlier, you have to have a plan in place, Uh, You have to have people that are bought into it. Whatever that takes for you to sell that to them and to buy in, you have to do it. And the first people have to be your assistant coaches. And and to do that, you have to give them ownership. If you don't let your coaches coach, uh, then you're going to be in trouble. I learned that when I worked for uh, Coach Swenson. He let his coaches coach. Yeah, everything was underneath him. But if you don't give them ownership and let them have a little freedom in there, you're not going to have guys that want to follow you. Uh, so you have to let your coaches coach. You have to be open uh, to different ideas. You know, you might have a plan what you want office defense, special teams, but you can't do it all. Uh, you have to have guys you trust um, in, in those spots and doing those things. I also think you have to have fun. Uh, there, there's got to be moments in practice and and times where you can laugh and you can run a trick play here and there. You might play some music. That this is a fun deal. um, You have to enjoy what you're doing, and you have to show your kids that you enjoy what you're doing. So, I I really think those are big things as a coach. You got to have a plan in place. You got to trust your coaches, and you got to have fun. I mean, that's the name of the game.
1: Coach, can you talk about? uh, Yeah, I know you've alluded to some of the things that you may have uh, read in the past or anything like that, but uh, can you talk about some of the things that you're reading that uh, or have read recently? that really impacted you or you felt that uh, you know if someone in our audience was looking for a, a good book to check out that you would suggest well to be honest reading lately i'm
2: i'm in a masters program uh, so i've been reading those those masters books for for class but the next one i want to read is going to be a new one by joshua metcalf coming out when in the dark uh, that that's one that i want to check out once it's released i think it's going to be released this summer um, i i like to be honest i like easy reads i like things that are in a story type deal, and he does a good job with that. Uh, I still haven't ever read John Gordon Training Camp. I'd like to get that one, and and I have read parts of uh, Above the Line by Urban Meyer, and I just need to sit down and read the rest of it, so those are kind of my upcoming um, reading list, so to speak.
0: Those are great books. Uh, Training Camp has some PDFs that you can look at and, and make customizable to you, and Above the Line is phenomenal. I, I know a lot of people are polarized by urban Meyer. Um, I really enjoy him. I really think he, he, he found his lane as a college coach. Um, I don't know that I ever seen being a pro coach. He looks a little bit more like one of those, uh, you know, kind of control guys that a college you know, needs to be. Um, but, uh, I really enjoy his podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to him with, um, Tim kite, uh, the focus three podcast. If, if you like urban Meyer, he'll give you He'll give you his thoughts, Coach Mathis. You've listened to those as well, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think that uh, and they're phenomenal. And, and I've had other people that I've recommended, you know, that that podcast to, and they kind of said exactly what you said. Well, Urban Meyer, what can he tell me about leadership? You know, look what he did at uh, Ohio State, kind of deal. But I think that you can't you can't argue with his success, and that and I think a lot of the things that uh, you know he's he said have, have rang true for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I I really feel like, uh, Coach, you have a phenomenal plan in place. I, I'm just really impressed by y- your attention to detail. Um, and I think the thing that Coach Mathis and I have really come away with in talking with coaches like you is that the most important thing in what we do comes down to relationships. Um, and being able to be accountable uh, and hold people accountable to the standard, and and, and that can be hard to do um, when you don't know what you stand for. And and you know if you if you're really riding the wave of emotion as opposed to principles, um, you're going to be stuck <laughs> on the on ocean uh, for a long time. And so I, I really commend you for for being uh, tied into your your principles. Um, you've given me some good things to think about. I really really appreciate it.
1: Coach, I was going to ask you real quick too before, you know, we end this is, you know, I look back to the first head job that I had and some of the things that, you know, I learned in that um but you know, there was a lot of things that I was just like I'm going to I'm going to go into this job and I'm going to do this and this and this and you get into that job and you're like okay, what am I thinking here? There's no way I'm going to be able to do this and that and you have all these Grandiose ideas, but then you just reality kind of slaps you upside the face. You know. Besides, you know, I know you mentioned uh, the fact that you didn't realize how many things, like administratively, that you had to do. Was was there anything else that you, for young coaches out there, that you're like, wow, that I just definitely made a huge misstep in trying to think I could take in. Whether it be I, I tried to do everything and micromanage it, because that was certainly my struggle when I took over at Springville was I, you know, I thought, you know, I was going to come in and do this and this and this and, and just try to try to do everything myself. Yeah, for sure. And and this, this kind of gets into
2: X's and O's just a little bit. Um, But when I first got the job at Pleasantville, I was set in my mind of this is the kind of offense we're going to run. This is the defense we're going to run. Here's how we're going to do it. And and we soon learned that we don't have the kids to do it. Um, So we had to make, make a change. And I had to look at it and be like, man, I can't just come in and say, hey, this is exactly what we're going to do without seeing what the kids are like first. Uh, So what you kind of have to evolve into, in my opinion, is having a great plan in place offensively and defensively, but you also have to be able to adjust your personnel. So have some base play calls offensively, but some years you might have to run out of spread. Other years you might have to run out of iPro. Depends on what you got. So you can run power out of both those uh, and teach that and have that in your system, but you can change your offense by formation and your personnel. So that's kind of what we've done ever since i've been a head coach these eight years is you have to have an adaptable offense and defense you can still have your same calls and same everything but you have to adapt to your kids and and that might even be the way that you coach you know you have some some groups of kids that are rah rah cheer they get fired up and you also have some other groups of kids that don't say a peep and they they're the hardest workers but they don't yell and scream and do those types of things so you always have to read your players because each each team is different and. And you do have to have your plan in place, but you have to be able to adjust specifics with it in order to be successful with those kids.
1: I think that's great that you have that mentality. There's not, I mean, yeah, I think most of us would like to think that we we think that way. But I, I've I've known some coaches who are like, nope, this is what type of system we run and this is what we're going to do. And so I think that speaks a ton to. To you, the fact that you're going to say like, hey, we're going to we're going to see what type of kids we have. And then, you know, as coaches, it's going to be easier for us to change than it is to try to pound these kids into something that they're not. Yeah,
2: I think as long as you
1: keep terminology the same from year in, year
2: out, your kids are going to be fine. Um, But I think you always just change things based on your formations or based on your alignments defensively. But keep your other terminology the same. I think your kids are going to be great.
0: coach. as we as we wrap it up here, are are there anything that we is there anything we haven't covered today that you feel like you'd like to share with with our listeners uh, about your journey or that you want people to know?
2: Yeah, you, you know the whole thing. This is my finishing up my fifteenth year of teaching and coaching, and uh, you you evolve and, and and you you change and you look back and sometimes you think you didn't know what you were thinking, but I, I wouldn't change any of the process for anything you know, there's a reason why I was at Valley. There's a reason why I was at Pleasantville and there's a reason why uh, we're here. So uh, I really, I really think this whole thing is there there's a plan for it and, and I want to trade any of it. And you got to learn from all your experiences that it builds who you are and, and you get to write your own story in those regards.
0: That's great advice. It's great advice. Well, coach Baker, we are honored that you decided to spend about an hour of your time with us today. Uh, if you as a listener, like what we talked about today, please uh, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, please rate and review. Uh, we love your feedback or ask questions and send an email to lifeleadpg uh, at gmail.com. Coach Baker, it's been an honor. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Hey, absolutely. That was fun, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We are honored that you chose to spend your time with us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform where you find your favorite podcasts. Let's keep chasing life, leadership, and greatness in all that we do. Have a great rest of your day.